0: Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. All right, we're going to get right into it. Will you turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts? If you have a paper Bible or whatever device you may use, Acts, Chapter 3. And before anybody complains, yes, we're going to read a number of scriptures. (laughs) That's what we're here for. Get into the word of God. We're going to read the first 16 verses. I'm going to read it out of the NIV version. And I'm just going to tell you right now, we're going to read another 12 verses out of Acts 4 in a few minutes. So get over it. We're going to spend some time in his word. I'll tell you what, if you need healing, if you need anything in your life, let this begin to wash into your heart, into your mind, into you. Because I believe it's only the word of God, it's only our God that can do that for us. All right, Acts 3, verses 1 through 16. If you will follow along. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. No, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, can you just get this in your mind for just a second? There's this guy laying outside the temple door, the church door, laying out in our portico out here. Somebody brought him in and, and he's sitting there and he's just asking for money. And Peter and John show up and, and they, they're walking by and he kind of holds out his hand or his cup or whatever it is, not really even looking at them. And then here we have this part. Verse four, Peter looked straight at him as John did. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him Then he went with them into the temple courts walking and jumping and praising God. Now, I could not read that without going back into my childhood days. How about all of you? Where Peter and John were on their way to the temple and, and this man held out his palm to get an alm. And I, I'm, oh man, I'm all of a sudden going brain dead. But he was jumping and leaping and praising God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Do you remember that song? Oh, well, if you haven't, Google it, it's there. Or YouTube it, it's there. But anyhow, as I'm reading this and I'm just thinking, he was just laying there for a long time from the day of his birth. And all of a sudden, he said, I don't have silver gold to give you, but what I have, get up. And so he began, and it says, and verse 80, jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with him into the temple courts, jumping, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple called beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him while the man held On to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. And when Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? And why do you stare at us as if by our own power or own godliness, we had made this man walk? Oh, I love their attitude here. Why are you so amazed at this? And look at us as if we did something. The God, verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and the righteous one and asked that a murderer be referred or be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this. Verse 16, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Oh, I love this. As I read this and as I was looking into this and continuing to, to work on what I was going to say today, our text today provides to me, I just think, such a great picture of salvation. As well as any story, I think, in the Bible, it paints a picture of our condition before God, our inability to save ourselves and the way to salvation, the way of salvation, and what happens to a person when they are saved. Can you see all that in that story? I hope so. I hope you can see it. It's just such a great demonstration of the power in the name of Jesus. Peter and John says, I don't have silver or gold to help you. But what I do have, we're going to give to you. We're going to give you his name, Jesus. Jesus, the one that heals. Jesus, the one that saves. So let's just take a moment. Let's look at this beggar for just a minute. This lame beggar was in a very desperate condition. I mean, for all his life, he had never walked. And he was continually brought to this place. And so he was born with this debilitating condition that caused him to not be able to walk. And and he was powerless. Second point that I want to make, he was powerless to help himself. Hmm, Sounds familiar. There was not one thing that he could do to help himself. He could not be healed by his own self-effort or his own sincerity or all of his own good intentions. Didn't matter how enthusiastic he may have been or how many doctors or how many medications they may have given him. It said he was sick from his birth. He was debilitated as he came into the world for whatever reason. But the way I look at it, for you, for me, we were all born with a type of handicap called sin. And we all came into the world with that problem. And we are powerless to save ourselves. There's no amount of self-effort. There's no amount, again, of sincerity or good intentions. You can't tithe your way through it, or you can't have enough religious enthusiasm that can help save you. We are helpless to do anything for ourselves when it comes to that idea and God's judgment to make us right before our God. We can't do that in and of our own strength. Romans 5.8 tells us, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. And this beggar was right outside the temple. He was separated from God because of his condition. Uh, though, even though he was right close to the door, he couldn't get in. He was left outside. Let's take that to a spiritual component. Before we encounter Christ and, and come to a place of salvation, we too are separate from God. No matter how close or how far away we are from the door, But he is the door that all men must pass through. Listen to this out of Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord today. I don't know where, if there's anybody in this place that has not made that commitment, but I want you to know today can be that day if you haven't. We're gonna give you an opportunity to be able to do that. And for the rest of us, I think we just gotta continue to look and see where are we at in this whole idea of what goes on because you know, a lot of people will search for peace and satisfaction in other people some will do it through spouse or through their children or through their friends, but I hate to say it, and my wife can confirm it. People will always let you down. People will always, end, eventually, they'll let you down. Some things, or some look to different things. They, they, they give them. Uh, they think these things give them peace and fulfillment in their life. They look at cars or houses or clothing or just, let's just say stuff overall. But, but see, things wear out and become outdated and, and even become lost or stolen. Others look to money to bring them joy and happiness. But money's never going to satisfy. Listen to this. I found this quote the other day. Someone asked the super rich, early 20th century oil tycoon, John D. Rockefeller. They asked him this question. How much money does it take to be happy? His reply, his reply was, a little bit more. And that's what's always going to do. Some look for peace and satisfaction through pleasure, through entertainment, possibly alcohol, drugs, different things like that. But these are all forms of escape from the realities of the problems of life a search for fun, a search for pleasure, a search for thrills, something to fill an empty heart. It doesn't mean that we can't enjoy entertainment. It doesn't mean that you can't have a thrill here and then, but you know when you're starting to look at it for your way of release and to get away, then it begins something that, that takes you to a place that it's only a thing at that point. All of these things are best temporary relief. But what the beggar really needed was a healing. And somebody cared for him. Who was that? We don't know that. We don't know it in the scripture because it just said that they brought him to the temple. Somebody, though, loved him enough and cared for him enough to get him to that place. And if you're here today without Christ, you may be here today because someone loved you enough to invite you to bring you in here where you can hear and you can find this place of Jesus Christ and have your sins forgiven. And that's a tremendous thing. And if you're here and you are a believer in Christ... Do you see the importance of the role that we have to other people that need that touch in their life? Oh, let me, let that percolate. Let that percolate in you for a minute. If you're a believer, do you see the importance of your role in the people that God has surrounded your life with? The lame man might have never met Peter and John, And if he had never met Peter and John, he would have never had this opportunity of healing and would have never experienced the love and the grace of a gracious father. May we be faithful to share our faith with others and invite them to church to hear the gospel. That's what I hope that we can do. The beggar was in a desperate position He was somebody who cared for him, but he was also one that was healed. One minute, he's lame, and the next, he's jumping and leaping and praising God. His healing was instantaneous, and he knew it. He couldn't help but know that he was changed forever. I wish I could stand up here and tell you that everyone could have that instantaneous, complete healing like that, but I know that that's not the fact but that doesn't take away from the power of the name of Jesus that can do that. See, the same happens when a sinner is saved. Seeing our need for Jesus is a process that takes place over time. But, but salvation itself is an event and it's an encounter with Jesus Christ that takes place at a point in time and it's done in that instant of professing that. Years later, can you imagine the story? Can you imagine the story that this guy had to tell? Do you think he told his family? Do you think he told his friends? Do you think he told the people that was around him? Yeah, I was that guy that was before the temple all the time, day after day, and from the very time, but... Now I'm healed, look at me. And I believe he was jumping and dancing and he was praising the Lord as he gave his testimony. This was something that changed him. He was a healed individual. And ordinarily, when you experience God's forgiveness and salvation, you can look back and you can say, I know when that really happened for me. How many can do that here today? How many can say, oh, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt when that happened for me. Amen, I see hands all over It's something that you cannot forget. So what if, what if the layman would have said, Hey, I'll get healed some other day, Peter. First, I need to go strengthen these legs and these feet and these ankles, get these bones ready. And as soon as I've, I've got it all together and get strong enough, I'll come back and then let you heal me. No. That's not going to work. I think we could say that sounds a little absurd. But unfortunately, I think that's the way some people like to think about salvation. The exciting truth of the gospel is that you don't become good to be saved. You get saved to become good. When God healed the man He didn't just get a little healed. No, he got healed totally. And when you get saved, you don't get a little saved. You get in all the way. I hope so. I hope that's your testimony. Because accepting Jesus didn't only get you saved from sin, but it also gave you Christ's fullness of righteousness. It didn't just get you saved from hell. It gave you the gift of heaven. You weren't freed from the control of Satan in your life. You were also given the Holy Spirit to indwell within you that would change your life forever. Now, let's look at the rest of the story. Will you, I say the rest of the story, will you flip over to chapter four with me and let's look at the first 12 verses. And this is kind of the follow through with what was going on in this story. Acts 4, 1 through 12, it says this, the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were, while they were speaking with the people. Remember, they were talking, they were talking and people were watching and they saw what happened and they came over. Verse 2, they were greatly disturbed. These leaders were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. The Sadducees didn't believe in that. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put him in jail till the next day. But look at, listen to verse four. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. You know, Peter's message wasn't very sweet to them. Remember, he told him, oh, wait, you're the ones that crucified him. You're the ones who let our murderer go flee in his, free in his place. You're the ones that put Jesus Christ on the cross. Talk about conviction. Oh, my gosh. 5,000 began to accept this message. Verse 5, the next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there. So was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest family then peter and john brought uh, then they brought peter and john before them and began to question them by what power or what name did you do this and then peter and here it is folks filled with the holy spirit said to them rulers and elders of the people if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, and whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone the you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation, listen to this, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. That is not a popular message today. That is not a popular message today, but we are standing on God's word, and that is the only way through Jesus Christ. So, my question is what is your spiritual state this morning? What is your spiritual state this morning before your Lord? We've all been like that beggar, having a problem from birth, powerless to save ourselves outside of God and his blessings. Are we looking for peace and joy and empty things that can never fill or satisfy? Like this lame beggar, all of us can have healing in our soul. And I don't know if you're in this house today or if you're watching online and you happen to see this, but you can receive that grace and salvation today. You can have your sin forgiven today. And let's face it, all of us that wear this flesh, this earth suit, if you will, we have problems with issues and sin is always coming against us, and there's always temptations and challenges, and all these things are always coming against us, and I'm not saying temptation is the sin, but I'm saying when we give into it, then we become weak, and we have the power of Jesus' name working on our behalf, and we can speak his name against all of that, and for those that have never done that, it just tells us in Romans 10, Verses 9 and 10, that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. I just, I can't get the picture out of my mind. I just, of jumping and leaping and praising God. This beggar was sitting there. He did not know that that was going to happen that day, but he had him in the place where the Lord had him and, and Peter and John came by and they reached out their hand and they said, this is what we have for you in Jesus' name. You can be healed. I say in Jesus' name, you can receive the healing that you need in your body. I believe in Jesus' name that you can begin to have the questions that maybe you have in your mind. Maybe you are dealing with something in your own work. You're dealing something within your own situation at home or wherever it may be. And you're starting to wonder, oh, what's the answer? What's the solution? God, why are you so far away? He's not He's right there and he's challenging us to continue to call on his name through every bit of this. And I believe he wants to help us get through these places that we have to be completely reliant. I'm just wondering, do we really believe in our hearts that there is that power in Jesus' name anymore? Will you bow your heads with me as we pray? Father, we come before you this day. I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word. And Lord, your word really here doesn't need much more expounding upon than what we've just read. Because Lord, your word is true. Your word is truth to us. And I just pray for everyone right now, Lord, if there is somebody that is sitting in this house right now that has not made that full commitment to you, that Lord, they will do what your word said, that they will begin to believe in their heart and they'll begin to confess with their mouth that you are Lord. Lord, if there's somebody that watches online, even right now or at some other time, that Lord God, they will make that profession of faith to believe that, Lord God, there is something missing and I'm tired of going to the things. I'm tired of going to the stuff. I'm tired of going to things that are temporary. But Lord, I want to come to you that is eternal. You will always be there. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. Oh, and Lord, I just ask that you would help each one. And as they make that profession of faith, but Lord God, you said you would come in. You would bring that salvation. We are not able to do it in and of ourselves. But Jesus, you willingly gave your life. You gave that sacrifice on the cross that we could have eternal life through you. Bless them now for anyone that makes that. Bless them now, Lord Jesus. I pray and I ask it in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen and amen.